Welcome back to our official club podcast, All About Ours. I'm Simon Cheshire, and as always, I'm joined by former Rangers winger, England international and club ambassador, Andy Sinton. Since, how are we? How was your international break? It's really good, Simon. Um, had five days away with the, my wife and, and daughter down in the Algarve. Um, brilliant. But yeah, good to be back and looking forward to certainly Saturday and the games coming thick and fast. Once again, we'll be covering all things QPR and football related with a host of former R's giving us an insight into life in W12. All About R's is available on our website, YouTube, Recast, SoundCloud and Spotify channels, so you have plenty of options to tune in and get your QPR fix wherever you are. Right, first of all, having made 406 appearances in all competitions for the R's during a period of success for Rangers, playing a pivotal role in our most iconic side of 1975-76, we're delighted to be joined by former goalkeeper Phil Parks. Phil, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Simon. Yeah, it's good to be back again. It wasn't too long ago that I was here anyway, but you know, the Bristol City game. But yeah, we won't remain, we won't talk about the result, but we will talk about the you know the reception I got. It's great to see you, Phil. Looking as well yes. as ever. Yeah, yeah, not quite as well as you though. I mean the the sun didn't shine as much in Wokingham as it did in the Algarve. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I know if Many fans, football fans, QPR fans, whatever, talk about the sort of record you hold. You played the same impressive number of games for QPR and as West Ham. Yeah. It's not something that many people will achieve now, is it? I don't think so, no. I think the, the fact as well that I played actually 400 games, over 400 games for two um, clubs, I think, is, is, quite, is a record in itself. I think there's no it's one incredible. else ever done it. You know, so it's, but it was never meant to be. I mean, when I, I left here to go to West Ham, I... I basically thought I'd be there maybe four years. I was I was nearly thirty years old then anyway, and I thought, well, you know, thirty four and that's it. You know, I'm gonna be finished, and and I ended up uh, being there for eleven years. So you know, that's how it came about. I never really got put under pressure by anyone. I had Tom McAllister as my deputy, Bobby Ferguson who wanted to play golf anyway. He weren't interested in goalkeeping, <laughs> so it was great. And then and then we had Tom McAllister come along and became a really good mate of mine. But he was. Yeah, very happy to be my understudy, um, and you know he ended up playing quite a few games anyway because I got a bad injury at one time. But yeah, it was just never ever meant to be that I was. No one said that you were going to play this 344 league games for both clubs. Yeah. Um, it was a, a guy named Trevor Smith who used to be uh, the reporter on the local Newham paper in East London, and uh, I'd finished. I'd finished it and packed up and. He came up to me and he said, "Do you realise? You know, he said, well, we've been working it all out. He said, you've played exactly the same number of games, and it was. I mean, I could easily have played another game at West Ham, which would have took it out of sync. But I'm really glad that I never did. Although, so I got that's one thing I can thank McCarry for when he came in. But the rest <laughs> of it, I can't. But yeah, so it was really good that you know I, I didn't play more for one club than the other. So, yeah. And looking back at QPR, it's quite easy. We have to talk about that season, the 75-76 year. You have to talk yeah. about that side because it was, it was special. Um, to me, it's the best side <clears throat> I played in. Um, obviously, when I went to West Ham, we won the cup. And then we came third in the league in 86. Two really good sides, separate, different sides. But that, they weren't as good as that 75-76 season with QPR. I mean, that was the best side. Um, lovely video that they did of it, of, or DVD of it, but the best side never to have won the league, which is very, very true. I mean, we were a better side than Liverpool that year, and they, they pipped us, obviously, in it. 
Um, and it's one of the best sides I've ever seen play football, you know, even including the modern era, because yeah. we had people, like we had Stan, Stan Bowles, who, to me, was the, the Lionel Messi of his day. You know, I mean, he was amazing. I mean, yeah, Dave Thomas, who, you know, no respect to Andy, but he was one of the best crosses of the ball I've ever seen in my life. But he used to try, he used to work at it, you know, he could just dink that ball to the back post, and, you know, it, it opened up. When you see players, like even watching the England game the other night, the art of crossing the ball seems to have disappeared. You know, they get in such good positions and then they just put in such a bad cross, you know, and everything just falls flat. You know, whereas every time we went forward and we only knew one way how to play, that was the thing, we just that attack, attack. Where did that come from? That that style of play did it come from obviously Dave, Dave Sexton was the, the manager at the time. <clears throat> yeah, I think but I if think it's come on a few seasons before that probably it was wasn't it? when when Gordon Jago a funny, strange coincidence again, Gordon Jago he actually joined the club on the same, the very same day as I did. You know, he come as a, as, he came kind of a, as part time, if you not not part time, sort of short term. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, Les Allen, Les Allen brought him in, and um, Gordon was a, again one of these really very very good coach. And then they took off over after him was two fantastic coaches, and and. Gordon really started, he, he didn't want the job because he, he got a job lined up in America. Yeah. So he was only going to stay here for a little while. Then a little while after that, Les Allen got the sack and Gordon came in. And then I think he brought Bobby Campbell in after with him. And, and it just all started just from there. Happen. He started to put the things together, Gordon, yeah, with the players. We had, we had the Osmonds, um, I think I mentioned this before, where uh, we had uh, Mickey Ferguson, um, we had Barry Bridges, uh, we had Terry Venables, and we had Rodney Marsh. We, we nicknamed them the Osmonds because they were like the clique. They were all together, you know. They were like the the big boys, if you like, of, of you know uh, of the of the whole squad. I mean, the way you had Jerry Francis, myself, Dave Clement, Ian Gillard. We were kids. We were like twenty year old kids, and we were <laughs> playing with these guys who'd been around and done it all, um, and. To, to be honest, I mean, like Rodney would do his own thing. He, he always did. I mean, he was a great player, but you know, great players can't win games on their own. Um, and so, Gordon real, realised this, and I think he started to, to wheedle people out, getting rid of people, bringing in people that he wanted, and that was the basis of the side. You know, I mean, I think Ian Watson, <coughs> first of all, Alan Harris, Chopper's yeah. Chopper Harris's brother was left back. And then uh, Ian Watson took over from him and played quite a, quite a while. And then Gilly got in, and then when that was it, let's see, Gillard got in, then he yeah. he was there all the time. And so Gordon had started to put all that together, and Dave inherited that, and he just bought. And again, Dave then bought some great players like with Don Masson, yeah. you know, um, Dave Thomas, Don Givens. You know. That was a great side. Well, it was a team. I think it was only David Webb that wasn't. That was it. Yeah, Webb was a Webby. Yeah, Webby, Webby was a yeah. was a, but a team uh, full of internationals. Internationals, yeah. I was yeah. just looking down on the board actually, and you know, here in the the the, the honours board of, of all the people in that era that were were internationals, and they're all there. I mean, Frank, the only one who's missing off there is Frank McClintock because he didn't play for Scotland while yeah. he was here, yeah. but he but he had done he, that, he'd, yeah. he'd already had done. Yeah. So yeah, ten internationals. That was wow. something uh, something else. Yeah. <laughs> and there was. Quite a few, you mentioned a few names there, but sort of unsung heroes in that team. Obviously, Jerry and Stan got a lot of the credit for that era. They, they, they had a very, very incredible relationship like when on the field because they were the most telepathic 
You know, they're really Jerry and Stan. Yeah, they just linked up so well. Jerry, Jerry again had got this. He got. He was a, a really, really good player. Jerry, and he got amazing vision. The way he did have, he also had strength as well as vision. I mean, he could go into tackles. He didn't mess about. You know, he, he could win the ball. And as soon as he got it, he'd always look for Stan. You know, and he, he kind of uncannily knew exactly where he was. And so yeah, I mean, it, they 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 was a good relationship. Both the fullbacks um, were. You know, to me, they're the best I've played with. I mean, Dave Clement was so fit and fast. Yeah. Gilly was strong. I'd love to get forward as well. So we had such a blend. And I mean, then you had the two old men in the middle, if you like. <laughs> Frank, Frank held it together. I mean, we always said, because when, when, uh, when um, Henry, Jerry Mancini, got transferred to Arsenal and we got Frank McClintock in return, who was like 35, I think, at the time. And we thought, oh dear, you know, who's got the best deal here? And, you know, after me playing with, behind Frank for two or three games, I went, I know who's got the best deal without a doubt. He was a leader, wasn't he, Frank? He was amazing. Organiser, a leader. He was. Yeah. Passionate, so passionate about everything. <clears throat> and so he, he, he you know, they, they had that brilliant blend of everything. And then you had Johnny Hollins, Mickey Leeds came in, yeah. Don Masson was a... Um, was a tremendous passer of the ball. Yeah, everything just was was always bump up spot on with him. Um, I, I, you know, he wasn't. You know, with Jerry, Jerry could win the ball. Don Masson really could never win the ball. You know, he was like, yeah, he was the one that made things happen yeah. afterwards. But, but yeah, had such a good mix. And then when Mickey Leach, he came in quite a lot. And, and the other thing is, Mickey Leach used to double up as if Don Gibbons was injured or whatever, he'd go up front as a centre forward, he could play centre forward really well as well. Yeah. And he scored in that 76 season, Mickey Lee scored quite a few yeah. important goals. Most players are worth the weight in goal, whatever Amazing. year you're playing, they'll yeah. play in two or three positions, Yeah, uh, happy to be in a squad, come yeah. in and do a good job when they're called upon. Yeah, And they, they often go under the radar sometimes. They do, they? yeah. Their, yeah. Their contribution. I, think, I think a lot of the fans, you know, they, they, they actually, they don't appreciate yeah. just how good that or, and, and yeah. how important yeah. contribution is to the side. So, what a team! Mm. Yes. What was that moment like when you found out that the title had been somewhat? Uh, what snatched away? Snatched well, away. obviously my own club as well, wasn't it? I mean, I used to watch them one week. I'd watch the first team. The second week, I'd go down there with my mates because it was free to get in and watch the reserves play. Wolves, and they were twelve minutes away. Um, from from winning, that's all it was. Because yeah. I think if uh, the draw would, I think we might have still won it. I think with the draw, but you know, obviously they ended up scoring two late goals, and that was it. I didn't watch it. I must admit, because I just had that feeling. You know, it's Liverpool who, yeah. you know, I don't like very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And since from the outside, what was it like watching that team growing up? Oh, I was a young kid, but I remember, you know, in those days football wasn't on the TV as much as it is now, mm. but match of the day, and I think used to have the, the, the game on a Sunday afternoon used to be. Um, but I remember watching QPR as a 10 or 11 year old mm. and looking at the players they had, uh, and as Phil said, I, I really liked the way they played. They played, uh, you know, quite expansive, they had good technicians, they had flair players, you know, but um, no, it was a team. As I was growing up as a kid, uh, I used to really enjoy watching when I could. Obviously, back four, got a big man behind him, you know, top goalie in his time. Um, but you know what we just touched on? You have ten internationals in the same team as at that time was was incredible. So uh, 
So yes, on my love, if you like, for QPR started from from that team, just watching them, albeit not many times used to seeing. Still remember Jerry scoring a goal against Liverpool, was it? Where they they still show it now, where you go the length of the pitch, a few <coughs> yeah, passes, play, play the one two, yeah, yeah, and yeah. went on and yeah, scored. They yeah. still showed that. I think, that. Was I think the that, first game of the season. Yeah, wasn't it? I think that yeah. goal probably summed up the way your team. Played. I threw. I rolled it yeah. out to someone. Went, went from one. Might even have been to yeah. Jerry himself, but he's gone, and and that's how it, how it was. You know, we didn't know any other way to play. You know, it's like like we couldn't sit back and be defensive, um, and let people come onto us and then try and hit them on the break. We just we hit people on the break as well, obviously, because yeah. I think you had you had the, the likes of Dave Thomas yeah. who was so so quick. I remember one game up at um, again Wolves. It was up at Wolves at Molyneux. And I've come out and I've caught the ball. I've, cross has come in and I've come out, caught the ball, and I've straight away I've thrown it and it was um, very slippery. The, the ground was like wet, and as I've thrown it, it zipped off this. And the, the fullbacks come in, right? Fullbacks come in and it's it zipped off the man, and he's gone. He's, he's committed himself and he's it's jumped and he's gone past him. Past Dave Thomas has got it, went right down the wing, went into the box, laid it back to stand, mate was in the net. Most of their side hadn't got out of our box. You know, they'd come up for a corner or something and they hadn't got out of the box and it was in the, net, the other end. And I mean, that just shows you how quick, you know, Dave Thomas was. So. And how, since you sort of stopped playing, how's goalkeeping sort of changed from the goalkeeper that you were to... You know? Well, I think the goalkeeping, you, you've now got them obviously um, being almost like, they're like an, an extra defender, aren't they? You know, the way they play. Um, I don't particularly like it very much because... I think what they've done there is they've concentrated so much playing with their feet they forgot how to use their hands. They really have. They don't catch a ball anymore, and and then they they punch things all the time that they can catch. I mean, I kind of know the ball moves around a bit, but the things that they punch a lot of the times they can catch. You see, of people they don't like like Superman. Yeah, I mean, Pickford's one of the worst culprits for this because he's he makes easy things look hard. Where goalkeeping is all about making hard things look easy, and that's the basic of a good goalkeeper um, uh, and so yeah it, it's just changed so much that they, they go with their feet now a lot you know they, they, when they go out expect to go they forgot lost the art of coming out and spreading themselves in front of a forward and making it difficult for them to score they come out and they slide in with their feet you know you see it so many times yeah. they fall back on the bump and put the foot out whereas if they stand up and dive they stop it you know I, I see it all the time like, I drive the message mad because I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm watching the. Uh, Actually, uh, sitting in the background, so yeah, you're, you're, you're in trouble, man. Listen, I know, but I, she, she basically, we watch it and, and I go, if he'd have stayed on his feet and dive with his hands, pushed his arm down, get down quick, he'd have stopped that. You know, whereas, you know, it's gone in and I'm thinking, this is the difference between really, really good goalkeepers. I think we've got some good goalkeepers around, but I just. Don't, I think they've lost the art of goalkeeping. Well, what a goalkeeper is all about is to stop the ball going in the net. You know, not, yeah, not go, to, not go, to, going back yeah. to the 75-76 season and that sort of era, Phil. Did you have a goalkeeping coach? Um, the time uh, before Steve Burchill became manager, I think it was, I don't know if it was Gordon or Dave. Someone, someone brought him in. Actually, Gordon brought him in the first of all, I think. Um, it was either Gordon or Dave, but brought him in just to coach the first team, help him coach the first team. I think it was Gordon, but anyway, he used to, when he was doing nothing, he used to take me aside and start 
doing some goalkeeping stuff. And so when he came back um, as manager, he was like open to the idea because he'd come from Arsenal. Bob Wilson was the goalkeeping coach at Arsenal, and I knew Bob really well. And he just said, "Well, look," he said, "I'll get Bob in if you if you really want to um, do some specialised goalkeeping stuff. We we'll get get Bob in once a week, and, and that's what we did, and that's how it all came about. When I actually got transferred to West Ham, um, <clears throat> because he, we were in there on a Wednesday, um, we <clears throat> had the Tuesday off, and we were in on a Wednesday. All the rest of the players um, had." Uh, the Wednesday off, they on the Tuesday. So it was just the goalkeepers. Just there was myself, Derek Richardson, and Peter Hucker, and Bob Wilson. And then Steve's come over, and we were watching us train and everything. And he said to me, oh, "I need to see you before you go." <laughs> we were sitting in the bath afterwards, and I said to Bob, "Oh God, I've got to go see Steve." I said, "Oh, you never know, I might be on the move." And like just jokingly, I mean, really was. And uh, Bob Wilson went, ah, "Don't be silly." He said, "They'll never ever sell you." He said, "They can't." He said, "They cannot." He said, "Basically, if they sell you." They're, they're admitting that that's, they're giving up, they're going to go get relegated, which obviously eventually they did. But mm. So when he said, and that's how it was, it all came about, I had to come back here and see Jim, and, and that was it. Off you and the next day I was a West Ham player, it was it was that quick, you know. But he was the first one uh, as a goalkeeping goal coach. coach. Yeah. So it was just starting to come in. It was that. starting to come in. I mean, he was one of the first, I think, and then you had a, a few others. Uh, Alan Hodgkinson, I think, was another one who, who did all the Northern clubs. But Bob was really good. I mean, he, he made it fun. It was hard work, um, but it made it fun. So, you know, he was good. And sort of the back pass rule, did that change a lot as well when you were playing? Uh, it kept changing. Goalkeeping position changed every season. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, had, we, had the, we had the um, four-step rule. That you, when you picked it up, you had four steps to get. Well, yeah. you could, they could knock it back to you. You stop it with your feet. You dribble it to the edge of the box if you want to knock it out there. And then pick it up, and then you had four steps to get rid of it. Um, and then the the other one was they didn't have the four steps rule. Then I never came in where they where going back to where it used to be where they used to bounce the ball and <laughs> run to the edge of the box, which they can do now. You know they can get it and they can go anywhere they want. Um, these all were coming in to try and stop time wasting. Yeah. And I mean I think the time wasting now is far worse than what we ever did in in the past because it can actually go from one side of the box to the other and the referee can't say nothing to So so it used to change all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then since in the early nineties, obviously you sort of played in a team that we mentioned the England call ups that they had, but it was a similar sort of team. We've probably since then we've not really had that sort of era at QPR, have we? Well, we weren't as good as them, but we uh, we we had a well, we had a terrific side. You know, um, ninety two, ninety three, finished fifth in the Premier League, top London club. Um, spoke about Phil's team full of internationals. You know, when I joined the club, Dave Seaman was playing for England. Paul Parker was a regular, but in the ninety two, ninety three season uh, or ninety one, ninety two season, I got called up. Uh, into the England squad. Les got called up into the England squad and was playing. Uh, Dave Bardsley, who was a terrific fullback, got called up and was in the squads. Um, so it was starting to happen. You know, we had Ray Wilkins, who had retired from international football, but in my opinion was still good enough to be playing. Uh, Macker at the back was however many caps for Northern Ireland. Simon Barker, I felt, for a season was on the verges of getting in the squad. Clive Wilson should have got an England call-up, you know, but it's probably because of the people that were playing in front of him. He didn't, but Clive's performances were 
were outstanding for a couple of seasons. So yeah, we had a we had a great team. We had a great togetherness. Um, we used to love coming into work. We trained hard, and we had a fantastic manager in one of the, Phil's former teammates, Jerry. You know, Jerry was, you know, you could you could see was he could be tough when he needed to be, but he'd give you a little bit of license to go and play tactically. Excellent. Um, and yeah, I've certainly got a lot to thank Jerry for in my career, you know, and and uh, Phil's still in touch with him and, uh, to the day. Um, but we had a we had a really really good side, a very good side, but not as good as this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was? T- I mean, it's a different. Obviously, the Premier League to First Division. That's probably just an, in the name. That's all. It's yeah. changed when it? it was still yeah. the top division and that. Um, but yeah, I think with Jerry as the manager, I mean, I, I really could never really see him. I was going to ask that because going in, into management, yeah, we, we you couldn't see it when he was a player. Not when he was a player, because he, but he, he always used to. Him and Dave Sexton got on really, really well together, and they would discuss things as well. Right. Dave was Dave was way ahead of his time. Yeah, way ahead of his time as a coach, um, and well, I mean, he complicated things a lot. Um, to some some extent, I mean, when he first came, I think Tony Hazel was still at the club. I think, and he, you know, Tony really couldn't quite get him how he wanted him to play. Or you know, when we were training, it it was really really. I felt sorry for them. Some of them it didn't really affect me, obviously. But when he was trying to explain things, you know, you could see that the, the, the bewildered look on their faces, like you know, and and that was Dave though. But he was he was constantly thinking about. Football and I'm constantly thinking about new ways to do things. I mean, he used to yeah, they play everything out from the back now. Um, he used to do that. He, he used to do that um, with us. Would get us to. I very rarely kicked the ball long in those days in that season because we would do a rotation system. Dave Clinton would go forward, Brad McLennan would pull out, Don Masson would come back into there, and then all of a sudden you got this movement that happened all at once, yeah. and then the forward didn't know where to go. You know, so whichever you know, I could try to Dave. I could knock, just knock it out, the, you know, from a goal kick or whatever, or my, out my hands, to roll it to Frank, and then he would get to, you know, and then they start the little triangles. And only that was all what he was all about. Dave was trying to get those little passing movements all over the pitch, you know, not just in certain areas. They started right from the back. So he was again, as you say, he was uh, so far ahead of his ahead time. Of his time. Is that something we've sort of tried to implement this year? Probably not to the success of that season, but isn't it the sort of style? I think it's a modern. It's more the modern way of playing, and I think you know the kids come up through the academies, and um, I like it. But I think sometimes teams can be guilty of overdoing it. There's a yeah. time. There's a time and a place where you have to go longer. Yeah. You know, if a team squeezes on you, spaces in behind, stick it in behind, yeah. get your team twenty five yards up. There's a time and a place to play. If teams drop off you. Uh, you know, go and play, play through the lines, as I say. But um, I think the better teams get the balance, um, and the successful teams certainly get the balance of when to play, how to play, and there's a time where it needs to go into Rosehead. Yeah. Because we used to have a saying, didn't we? Teams don't score from Rosehead. No, very, so, very yeah. difficult to stay. <laughs> Especially in those days, because don't forget, we only had one ball, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so if you could get it right up the back, and, and, yeah, it'd be, it'd be like two minutes before he'd come back on you, yeah, we could take the throw in. So it, 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 it's changed. So but again, right. it's interesting what Phil says about Dave and the team that they had there, that that was actually you know, a big, big part of their strategy and what they worked on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Phil Corp, 
where are you going, Gilly? Where are you going, Dave Clement? Who's yeah. dropping short? Can we play? And there would have been times where teams might have stopped them playing out and you might have had to just, throw just, it long yeah, or go, just miss yeah, the midfield that a little bit. Calm it down, yeah. maybe want to get up, especially if you're winning, if you're in front. Exactly. You know, there was no rush then. So exactly. So. Sort of a question for both of you. Since, first of all, who's the best sort of goalkeeper you've ever come against? Up against? Well, I've never played against him. So. I don't feel who's the best striker you've ever come up against. What makes a striker you like? Oh, I really don't want to mine first. Yeah. Uh, well, I played with some top goalkeepers, but I would have to say, um, you know, Phil sitting there. And I'm, I'm sure he'll agree or might not agree, but I played with David Seaman for a year here, and you could see Dave was going to be a, a, a fantastic. He was already a fantastic goalkeeper when he was here. And there was times in training with Dave, if he put his mind to it, we did a shooting session. Let's say on a Thursday when he put his mind for 20 minutes, you couldn't score past them. If you did it on a Friday when he wanted to sort his head out for the next game, he, uh, he I wouldn't say he wouldn't try to save things, but he wasn't throwing himself all over the place. But Dave was a, you know, Phil, what are you, six foot three, six foot four? Dave was the same. Friend of mine, early years, there were some smaller keepers, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, but, yeah. But Dave nice. had a good, uh, Dave had a good stature. Communicated well and was obviously going to be a fantastic goalkeeper um, when he left us to Arsenal. Which, he, if you look at his record, mm. seventy odd times for England, numerous trophies, superb. Mm. And then Phil, the best sort of striker. Dif- it's really difficult to, 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 to put that one in. Um, the one of the, the, the they've always said that the one the, the most difficult strikers to play against are the ones that don't do the normal things. You know, they, they'll do something totally against what you're thinking they're going to do and that, one of the best with, at that was Dale Leash. I mean he had this oh, uncanny way of, of you think that he's going to take a touch you know I remember in the, in a, it was in the League Cup final replay up at Aston Villa and McDermott's just chipped the ball to him and he's coming over his shoulder he's coming over his shoulder he's dropped his face his goal's there and he's, he's coming over here and he's got to take a touch so I'm coming right out close to him I'm coming over well if I'll get I'll start going and I'll bang, I'll get here, get round by him. He's got nowhere for the ball to go. But he's hit it on the on the on the volley as he's come over his shoulder with his back. I mean it's just like and you go, how the hell did he do that? But that's the kind of things that he could do. And no one else in nobody else would have done that. You know, you know, they would have they'd have taken a touch, and as they took a touch and turned, bang, you know, would have got the ball and took them out as well. You know, so yeah, he, he was difficult to play against. And sort of reflecting on this season, obviously, Phil, you were here for the Bristol City game. The result wasn't the way we wanted it to go. But you had a great yeah, day. I, I, it was great I, to be back. I had a great, great day. I mean, the club looked after so well. Um, good reception from the crowd half time when I went on the pitch. Um, but I have to say that. That is the best. We talk about knocking the ball about <clears throat> and uh, you know making chances. I mean, the result didn't go well, but their goalkeeper had a worldie. Yeah, I mean, he really did play. He played about. He made about six really, really good saves that quite easily. If anyone had gone in, he couldn't have been blamed for it. Um, so, good positive thing is that they didn't deserve to lose a game, but they. It was still a, a, probably a. Uh, and you don't know how they want to play because they were still going forward in the last minute to try and get a winner. You know, sometimes a bit more, um, what can you say, a bit more experience. Take your point. Experience, you go, hang on a minute, it ain't going to be our day, so let's just, just 
protect what we've got. And they, they were all gone and then obviously they just broke away and scored. But they played so well and that's good and it's the best I've seen them actually knock the ball around and make chances and things. You know, so it's, it's looking good. I mean, they've had some good results since then as well. I know we spoke beforehand, but you said it was nice to see some familiar faces from back in the day. Exactly. In the, in the, some of, the, some of the, the fans are still, you know, they've still been here since like, you know, I don't know what was it, 40 odd years ago. Um, yeah, they all look a little bit older, I suppose we all do. But, uh. <laughs> I just mentioned, I feel, on a more one, we're talking about you coming back, um, but more on a, a more general basis over the last few years, you know, the Forever Ars Club. Yeah. Yeah. QPR's a club, we've really got back in touch with uh, former players, making them feel appreciated and valued for what they did at the club. Yeah. How important is that to, to someone like yourself, Lavinia, family members who come with you? Um, because I see a lot of the players, certainly the older ones, they seem to get a real lift from it. Um, yeah, no, it, it is. I but mean, cause but you're how important then? Well, I think when you think, of, I mean, it was 40, well, I joined the club sort of just about, 1970, so 51 years ago, and then played till you know till the uh, till 40 years ago, 41 years ago, uh, and still see people in the street coming down to the ground who want your autograph and start talking to you and talking about that season, and you know and it's really good to see you back at the club, and and it's great to get that reception, you know you've still got that reception after all those years. Brilliant. Yeah, and it really is. It's important. I think it's important. Also, it's important for the clubs to to actually acknowledge their history. They should always remember history. Always, and, always, um, always. You know, appreciate players for the uh, players, managers, coaches, the part they've played, they've in, played in, in, in where we are now. Yeah. And uh, I was just asking you, you know, and you've just you've just answered it. What it, what it means to you and former yes. players when they do come yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, it, I, when you first started it off, I mean, it it, it was. A great, great idea to get as you know as many as you can in it because I'm sure there is not one person who wouldn't want to become a member of that. Yeah, brilliant. And then since sort of looking at the season, we've got a run now of games coming up after the international break. Obviously, starting with the West London derby with Fulham at Craven Cottage, it's a good chance to really sort of cement our intentions for the season ahead. Hundred percent. You know, I think we've 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 had a, a good start to the season. A couple of games which have gone against us, but you know we finished before the international break with two good home wins. You know people might say Birmingham, Preston, but I, I felt they were two tricky games. Then the international break comes. Hopefully everyone comes back unscathed. We got a huge game um, on Saturday, local derby, big one for the fans. You know we have terrific atmosphere. Hopefully we can good uh, go there. No fear. I don't think we fear playing anyone in the league, but we have to respect Fulham. They're a good side some quality individuals uh, and they're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season so it's going to be a tough one but one I'm really looking forward to but after that you know the games come thick and fast again so um, that's where you need your squad you need a little bit of luck with injuries etc etc uh, because a bad week in the championship can really hit you a good week can really put you in a great position where you can kick on from so every point is valuable every game is important and uh, but yeah, can't wait for Saturday. Phil, will you be keeping an eye on the results? Oh, I always do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I always do. I mean, I, I watch all the clubs. I've started at Walsall, so I follow their results. Um, and then, yeah, QPR, West Ham, and then um, Ipswich. I finished down at Ipswich at the end, yeah. There was one season, and then Maidenhead, because my, my 
big, big pal, Alan Demish is the manager at Maidenhead. And there was one, one season, uh, two or three seasons ago, I think it was, um, after four games, West Ham were bottom of the Premiership with no points. QPR bottom of the Championship with no points. Uh, I think Walsall were down the bottom, they, but I think they only got one or two points. And then Maidenhead were bottom of the, the, bottom of the National League with no points. And I thought, this is going to be a real good season for me this season. But <laughs> it did pick up, it got better. You know? And so, yeah, you, you always get those results at the start. And you think, mm, hang on. But I, th I think they got... The important thing is, as you, like you were saying about the Championship, you're getting results, it's just hanging in there. Because, yeah. and you're talking about Birmingham and Preston, you still got to beat them. Tough and, and they're tough games, you know. We can, we can sometimes here play fantastic against the really good sides, but yeah. then somebody you expect you're going to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like to be fair, Bristol City, I thought, mm, you know, they, but they knocked it about well as well. But, you know, you, we, I would have expected us to beat them yeah, and should have done, but it was just, you never know with football, what can happen. Exactly. As long as they can hang in there towards the end of the season and then they, they're up the top. That's the business end. That's where the fans want to see them, isn't it? Well, perfect. I think we'll leave it there. It's um, been an honour to be joined by yourself, Phil. And thank you. Thank you, as always, Andy, for joining us. And hopefully we'll have something to cheer about on Saturday. We take on Fulham at Craven Cottage. This has been All About Ours, the club's official podcast. <laughs>